Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole lot. You know, we're, we're here in the offseason. Uh, just had a somewhat crazy free agency period. I think there's some more dominoes to fall with uh, maybe Damian Lillard or James Harden or whatever. But uh, I think we are in now kind of the more um, customary portion of the slow offseason. So uh, it's our time, you know, dig into NBA history, find some fun stuff. And I think we got a fun one coming up here. Yeah, this is this is where we shine usually the off seasons where we yeah, able to you know right. stretch our legs out a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's our time go. to right. fill the gap with weird stuff about history and weird you know things that we're going to dig into. And and I like this episode a lot because obviously one of the biggest things of this particular off season was the San Antonio Spurs getting the number one overall pick, and everybody knew who they were going to pick from from day. I mean, everybody just knew once it was one of those lotteries where. If you win the lottery, you are drafting this guy, and it's Victor Wembanyama, right. uh, and and that was, um, you know, we we haven't had we've had a, a bunch of those, but not. It feels like it, it's it it's not always as set and so. I mean, you have like obviously your LeBron one that was like the most clear, like all right, this team is going to draft LeBron or whatever. Uh, it does feel like we've been we haven't had one of those in a while though, so it was kind of fun to go back to the like. We're going to do the preview for the lottery, but we're basically just going to say the team that wins this is going to draft Wemby. So let's just you know get on with it and just right. discuss it from that standpoint. But that got us thinking about this episode and international first overall picks. And I was thinking, man, there's probably a lot. There's probably less than you think there is, but there are more than you think there are in recent history. Does that make sense? Uh, okay, yes. I'll, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll go with that. Like yeah. all time, I was like, oh, that's not a very long list. And I'm like, oh my God, half of these are in like the last decade. So this is, sure. it, it makes it a little bit interesting from that standpoint as it was like a large gap where, you know, nobody was international, uh, you know, number one overall picks and, and really international players in general, you know, were, 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 were very rare. And now we're in a, a, an era where not only are international picks taken very, very early in the draft as we're going to talk about here, but they keep winning every MVP. Like they're the best players in the league, uh, international players. And, and we'll see where Wemby falls. Uh, in that, and you know, if he's going to be an immediate success, uh, long-term success, where he's going to be on, on, in, in the packing order here. But uh, yeah, good opportunity to uh, to dig into some international first-round picks or first first overall picks, I should say. Yeah, not all first-round exactly. picks. That would be a no, very no. long show. <laughs> yeah. long all right, ninety-nine. Victor Kriapa, Jason. Tell me about Victor Kriapa. Not a lot, but. No, uh, yes, that would that would be a long show. This one, we'll, we'll touch on all of them. Some of them, you know, like Tim Duncan. We've said a lot about Tim Duncan. We're not going to go in-depth on Tim Duncan. But, you know, Michael Thompson, Andrew Bogut, Anthony Bennett, you know, some of the uh, guys we wouldn't normally dive into in other episodes. We're going to go a little bit deep in here. So should be a, a fun mix of names to go into. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we start with the aforementioned Michael Thompson. In 1978, he was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, just had come off a championship season, and hey, they get the number one overall pick. They get Michael Thompson coming from the Bahamas. 
Uh, his career stats, 13.7 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, 935 uh, games played, so long career, 15.7 PER. And known best for, well, you know, he's uh, kind of Clay Thompson's lovable corny dad on Twitter, always uh, always saying funny things. Uh, also has been a longtime radio broadcaster for the Lakers, mm-hmm. where he um, played late in his career. And uh, here, here's a good question. Did he meet expectations? So we're going to ask this for all of our, yeah. our picks here. And, and also I, I would like to decide who is the number one pick who exactly met expectations. So for me, and we can maybe disagree on this, Michael Thompson, not quite, never an all-star, but had a you know pretty good career, an important piece of the 80s Lakers two title win teams, but not quite what you would expect out of a number one pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't think he, you know, number one overall pick has that connotation, which is, you know, fair or unfair. Uh, there, there are so many that have become, you know, all-time legendary players, the best that have ever played the game. So that kind of skews it. But, you know, by and large, the majority of them don't end up being that because the majority of people who play in the NBA don't end up being the greatest players of all time. But the fact that there are your, your LeBrons, your Magic Johnsons, your, uh, you know, your Shaquille O'Neal's, your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, those types were the number one overall pick. It, it, it kind of that is sort of you. I, I don't want to say that you go into a draft. Ho- I mean, I guess you go into a draft hoping you're going to get one of those guys. I don't know if you go into right. a draft thinking you're going to get one of those guys. I think right. every team probably hopes and prays that you know Purvis Ellison is going to be as good as Magic Johnson or whatever. It didn't quite happen for a uh, uh, never nervous Purvis, but uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's an interesting discussion of like where you know h- how to rank you know what what meeting expectations are for the number one overall pick. I would say probably Michael Thompson did not, but it is it does bring up an interesting because he did have a very long and, and very fruitful NBA career, but just not to the level that maybe, you know, the next year Magic Johnson got picked. And it's like, okay, yeah, right. that that no. is that is meeting yes. expectations right well, there. Yeah. So do you have to be a Hall of Famer to meet expectations or can you be like a, you know, multiple time all star, you know, very, very good player, but not quite a Hall of Famer and still like is that you know what? I guess what is the yeah. what's the bottom tier you can reach? You I know? would say like the somebody that I look at is nineteen eighty two. James Worthy was number one overall okay. pick. Now James right. Worthy is not one of the greatest players to ever play basketball. He's not Magic right. Johnson. He's not LeBron James. He's not Shaquille O'Neal. He's not Hakeem Olajuwon. He's not you know those sort of guys. But a solid as hell player. Like if you're going to be able to get a James Worthy with the number one overall pick, you're probably happy with it. And it, that the fact that he got picked by the Lakers, stuck with the Lakers forever, helped them win titles. Maybe it wasn't the key cog, but like I think if you get a James Worthy type, you're happy with it. You, sure. you're well, okay now, with that. Now, in, in in fairness, now James Worthy is like a top seventy five all time yeah, player. Right, right, like right, I mean, right. and, and probably if he had not played for the Lakers and landed on like the Bullets and had played his career for the Bullets, that that may not have happened. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's about the right level. I mean, I would think maybe just like the 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 almost Hall of Famer, but not quite there, like a Mark Aguirre, Elton Brand, you know, maybe somebody like John Wall or Blake Griffin, you know, who have had like really good careers, but are probably not Hall of Famers. That's probably about where I would say like Garrett Coleman. I like guess that's, that's not like that. That's not a bad spot. Danny Manning, you know, those are kind of the guys who I would say. Manning, right. Manning was the guy I was thinking of as you were describing that. I was like, uh, Danny yeah. Manning, who's like, yeah, like we right. got Danny Manning with the number one overall pick. And well, yeah. we're the Clippers. So, of course, we fucked it up and didn't make the most out of it, but they're the Clippers. Um, but yeah, yeah, like if you drafted Danny Manning, it's like, all right, yeah, no, he's not, you know, Chris Weber or Shaquille O'Neal or, you know, one of these guys that, that would come and get drafted in the next couple of years after that or, right. or David Robinson the year before. But man, we're pretty happy with it. I mean, we got good. Per- I mean, in, in a perfect world, if you weren't the Clippers, you would have gotten a very, very good run out of Danny Manning for, for a decade plus. And that you can't you know, you know that that's fine for number one overall yeah. pick. I think that's pretty damn good. 
Yeah, some of that's injuries. I mean, you know, you know, just considering just production of when they played and not, you know, necessarily factoring in injuries that would have limited them. Yeah, I think that's about the right uh, Right, ne- never level. MVP level, not a right. Hall of Famer, not going to be the best player on a team yeah. that wins a title, but maybe, a solid as hell guy that you maybe, can have. Yeah, maybe, you know, a, 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 you know, like three all-star appearances, maybe one or t- once or twice on the all-NBA, like 13 yeah. level. That's that's about, I think, the, a fair expectation for a number, for a healthy number one mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. over so okay, fair enough. We'll call it the All Danny right. Manning line. We're going Danny Manning. Right. I'm fine with that. We're, if you want to go with Danny, Danny Manning, Manning I'll, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. That's, yeah, Danny Manning. I don't know. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson line. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah. All right. I think I think you're sold on Danny Manning. So I think I like Danny Manning. I think Larry Johnson right. at least had higher highs, where like he was like a marketable dynamo. You know what I mean? For a little bit That's there, true. where, where a Danny bit, Manning yeah. was just a dude in the league that played right. you know, pretty well. Yeah. And I, I like Danny the, Manning, but he's the guy who Hawks fans hate because he got traded for uh, Dominique. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is fun. That is fun. All right. Uh, so some fun facts about Michael Thompson. Mm. He was fourth, fourth in win shares in his draft class behind Larry Bird, Maurice Cheeks, and Reggie Theus. That's kind of a surprise there for Reggie Theus. I didn't. Yeah, I would have never thought Reggie Theus. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Be that but he was, he was good for a while. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. Um, he and his son, Clay, are one of five father-son duos to win NBA titles, and he's one of two duos who both have two-plus rings. So Matt Gukas Sr. and Jr. have them in 1947 and 1967. Rick Barry and Brent Barry. Barry Rick had it in '75. Brent had it in 2005 and 2007 with Spurs. Bill Walton in 1977 and 1986 with Luke Walton in, in 2009, 2010, and Gary Payton in 2006 and Gary Payton the second in 2022 with the Warriors. So, uh, Michael's two sons are also pro athletes. Um, Trace is a baseball player. I think he plays for the Dodgers. And Michael, uh, who has an E, um, it's same as same as Michael M I C H A L. Um, Michael his son is M I. M-Y-C-H-E-L. I briefly played for the Cavs. Uh, While in the Lakers, he also played at the same time with three other number one picks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, and James Worthy. That's the only only time that's ever happened. What the assholes. Um, So, yeah, there was a a, a sort of fun, I guess, story about, like, so so early in Clay's uh, career when he was about 23, uh, he got into a fight during the Warriors uh, during a Warriors Pacers game in which he was fined by the league, but also uh, his parents fined him as well because at, when he was 23 years old, he did not have access to his own money. His all his checks were paid to his parents, <laughs> who took care of his accounts to make sure that uh, his financial situation was set up for his post career. And so he taught his son a lesson by fining him personally. So, um, so that was a, that's kind of fun. And see, it worked um, out because now Clay just like sits on boats with his dog. Like that's yeah. all, you know, he's like, I bought a yeah. boat and I have right. a dog and that's fine. You know, the yeah. rest of it, hey. I'm stocking away. It's, uh, that's hey. all the responsibility needs. So, yeah. uh, he was recruited to play. Of course, you know, as again, play, play, he was a, from the Bahamas. He was uh, recruited to play high school ball as a junior and seer at Miami Jackson senior high school, which, um, he was part of a lineup featuring three other Bahamians and a Cuban, uh, they won. Uh, they they beat their opponents by an average of thirty points per game, going undefeated and winning the class state championship. Uh, later, uh, they uh, unfortunately the title was rescinded because uh, there were four uh, key ineligible players with falsified birth records. So, a, a little scandal that he had in high school, and then uh, some fun stories from breaks of the game. Uh, he he uh, was a. Said that he uh, invented and spread a false rumor that he was David Thompson's cousin. It's sort of an attempt to uh, raise his own cachet. Apparently, he did actually change the spelling of his name from the traditional 
Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, to the less traditional M-Y-C-H-A-L. And then also uh, has a story of as a rookie after a tough loss, uh, nonetheless, he snuck two of his lady friends aboard the bus back to the hotel, impressing his teammates with his audacity. There you go, classic. There you go, yes. Classic, classic Michael. All right. So a few other ones that we're going to go, I think, just real quickly. Uh, I'll, yep. I'll do I'll do two, Jason. Then you want to do uh, right. Tim Duncan here. I'll do uh, these quick. Yeah. We're, so we're, these are like people that we have talked about for many other episodes because they are you know legendary players in the history. We're not going to uh, focus on those guys. Uh, 1984, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, drafted by the Houston Rockets, home country, Nigeria. Uh, career stats: 21.8 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game, uh, 1,238 games played, uh, 23.6 PR, one-time MVP, two-time Finals MVP. Two titles, 12-time All-NBA, six-time All-NBA first team, uh, known best for, of course, the Dream Shake and uh, destroying David Robinson the year that David Robinson won the MVP and not him, uh, and also just generally being awesome. Hakeem Olajuwon, for sure. Uh, did he meet expectations? Yeah, God, yes, yes, <laughs> very much yes. so. Yeah. Did Hakeem Olajuwon meet uh, expectations? So, um Obviously nicknamed the Dream, uh, he he uh, rewarded the Rockets playing 17 of his 18 year career in Houston. Of course, the one year uh, with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, his span with the Rockets, of course, included leading the team to two championships, uh, earning Finals MVP both those times, uh, league MVP in 1994, and he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2008. And uh, if you do want to go back in our archives, we do have a very fun episode where we dig into uh, Hakeem and and the Rockets championships and just how close Hakeem got to being traded as well, requesting a trade, wanting to be out of Houston. Pretty much over it. They were over it. It felt like it was all going to end. And then they were like, all right, can we just try this like one more time? And then they, yeah, they hired Rudy Tomjanovich. And then, yeah, everything went well for the next uh, several years for, for Houston. But it is kind of funny how close uh, it came to him, you know, departing and, and not being, you know, maybe looked at as finely uh, as a member of, of, of the Houston Rockets, but in a working sure. out just fine for, uh, for him and the Rockets. And then in 1985, Patrick Ewing uh, drafted out of Jamaica by the New York Knicks. Uh, Chris Stats, 21 points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game, 1,183 games, uh, 21 PER, seven-time All-NBA, one-time uh, All-NBA first team, uh, known for being you know among the greatest Knicks of all time. And did, did he meet expectations? I would say, and 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 I guess you bring up a pretty you know good question in, in our notes here. It kind of depends on who you ask because he came in with the expectations that he was going to be the best player that's ever played basketball. Like he came in as a gigantic college star. Everybody was like, this dude is going to be the, the the best ever. He got yeah. drafted by the Knicks in New York. And it's like, Oh my God, look at this. Like just it, it, the, the aura and the expectations around him were nuts. Did he meet those lofty expectations? I don't know if he met those, but I mean, it's hard to really call somebody, you know, who, who was top 10 in their decade, a disappointment. He never won a ring. He never won an MVP. He was all NBA, you know, first team, you know, one time, I don't know. I, I'd say he did. I, I I would say he absolutely did meet expectations. But I guess if you were one of those people that expected him to be like the greatest player of all time, maybe he didn't. But I don't know. That that's 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 a tough that's, thing to put on somebody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was he was kind of like the new Bill, the next Bill Russell, but with a better offensive game was the yeah. idea when he came in. And because he people thought he would have that defensive impact, and obviously he was a great defensive player, did not have the impact that Bill Russell had. Um, but yeah, I mean he. Yeah, he's clearly above the Danny Manning line. So clearly, yes, he he 
met expectations, but yeah, just given how lofty they they were, that's the only thing that that gives a little bit of a caveat. But absolutely, any any reasonable expectations, he had a great career. Absolutely. So uh, of course, he uh, got taken first overall. He played uh, more than a thousand games for the Knicks over the course of his seventeen years in the league. We are not going to mention the other teams that he played for because that's yeah. we don't need to, and it's a no. bad memory to put in it. We're not going to say it. Uh, he yeah. was named an All Star in eleven of those seasons as well. On SP, because you mentioned uh, he was able to kind of you know a much more refined offensive game than than a Bill Russell. Uh, average over 24 points and 11 rebounds per game uh, for, for, for a stretch of his career. And, of course, was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2008 for Patrick Ewing. So which is more disgusting to see, Patrick Ewing on the Sonics or Patrick Ewing on the Magic? I feel like the Magic, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. They had the bad. star uniform. The, the, I, the, well, the Sonic, it was bad, too, because they had their horrible yeah, uniforms. Red, yeah, they had the red So you ones, see, yeah. like, a sweaty, kind of overweight yeah. Patrick Ewing in these, like, red Sonic uniforms. You're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. But All I right. think it's uh, the star jerseys, the star Orlando, because they're, like, they have that slick, like, sheen to them or whatever. And uh, I don't know. And he's got so many knee pads on. It's just so That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> he has, like, six knee pads on for know, some reason. I hate them both. I don't want to yeah. talk about them anymore. So Okay. All right, so uh, so Tim Duncan is next. So, okay, what is the uniform? If Tim Duncan had decided, you know what, I'm going to play for a different team than the Spurs for like the last year of his career, what would be the worst place that? What's the worst uniform that you can imagine on Tim Duncan? Bobcats for sure. But, well, well, I mean, yeah, without, it goes that same. Right. Okay, yeah, um, non Bobcats division. Well yeah, well, yeah, who existed? Who existed at the time he retired? So oh, imagine oh, a, I guess they were gone. They were gone. You're right. They were gone. A, yeah, imagine time, a 2017 yeah. season. Of, yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah. 2017. I feel yeah. like like the Kings. Oh, okay. Right? Like that was I was going to go with the Thunder, but The Thunder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good yeah. too. <laughs> Timberwolves? Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think of some oh, pathetic Eastern Conference Bro- team Brooklyn that would Nets? With Brooklyn Nets is that's that, no, that would have looked okay. You know, I think I mean, visually cuz at least it would have looked similar. That's true. Like we he needs to be in like a completely different color. You know, honestly like the Hornets would have been like him and him and Tony Parker <laughs> like Tony being Parker on, the on the Hornets together. <laughs> that would have been yeah. just like, "Oh no." <laughs> They're both here. Why are they both yeah. here? Go away. <laughs> All right. So Tim Duncan, 1997, drafted by and, and played his entire career with San Antonio Spurs. Uh, his home country is the U.S. Virgin Islands. So the U.S. Virgin Islands are a U.S. territory, similar to Puerto Rico. People born there are U.S. citizens, but they don't vote in presidential elections, don't vote, have a voting representation in Congress. So they are, by the NBA standards, he's considered an international player. Mm-hmm. So, um, 19 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, three assists per game, 24.2 PER played in 1,392 games. He was a two-time MVP, three-time finals MVP, uh, five titles, and a, a 15 times on the all-NBA list. Uh, he was best known for, of course, yeah, uh, five rings, uh, being boring, but not really actually boring as we've uh, dove into a long retrospective career. He actually was an interesting guy who uh, was thought to be a little boring, kind of like Jokic, I think, in, in some ways. Um, best power forward ever, you know, by by most metrics, certainly uh, very much in the uh, conversation for that. And did he meet expectations? Yeah, I would say oh, yeah. uh, that he um, definitely met uh, expectations. Yeah, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in uh, 2020. Um, you know, was was great pretty much the entire uh, you know, course of his career. Kind of played a little bit less as he as he got older, but still was you know among the you know was was in the top ten for for the vast majority of of his career. 
Yeah, considered at, like an NBA ready guy from day one, and pretty much was right. like the day yeah, he I started. Mean, yeah. we, we we did a show about that, uh, you know, when when he retired or whatever. It's like day one, he was just like, oh yeah, I'm great, and it's like, oh okay. Yeah. It's just like I mean, from that point yeah. forward, it was like, oh all right, cool, <laughs> like we're good. Uh, best player on a title winner in his second season, the best player in a title winner, and as like third to last season. Yeah. So well, but third to last season was close. I mean, probably Kawhi was the best player, but you know, he, he was very very. It was kind of neck and neck at that. Yeah, point, still so. still yeah. in that conversation, which is pretty yeah. pretty damn awesome. Uh, the number one pick. So yeah, not, yeah. not going to be upset about that one. Uh, yep. One that you might be a little upset about, 1998, yeah. the following year, the Los Angeles Clippers have the number one overall pick, and they go back to Nigeria, just like Hakeem Olajuwon, thinking, all right, we got the next Hakeem Olajuwon here. Yeah. We have Michael Olawokandi, and uh, did not quite happen there. Career stats, 8.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, 500 games, 10.7 PER uh, for... Um, uh, uh, Michael Olakandi, known best yeah. for probably being among the worst number one overall picks of his era, at least. Uh, not, maybe not ever. I think there's some some other ones that have kind of beaten him out forever uh, uh, in, in recent years. But uh, did he meet expectations? Absolutely not. He, he stuck around, probably played a little bit longer and a little bit better than he has the reputation for. But it was just that, like... It just never clicked with him, and it just never seemed like it was going to click with him. And there's like a, a brief little periods here and there in his career where it's like, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Maybe we got something, and then it just didn't happen. So uh, he did not meet expectations. I mean, he, he definitely did not pass the Danny Manning uh, uh, limit no. uh, and certainly not a, uh, a, a who you want out of the number one overall pick. But has a very legendary story, though, uh, like a true legendary story where he starts taking up basketball at age 20. He was at a boarding school in England when he decided to come to America to try to play basketball. He calls a few colleges. They either don't answer or return his calls or they say well yeah you can come but you gotta you know pay you know you gotta do this you gotta do that and he's like yeah it doesn't end all the way in that so he ends up kind of just like looking through a phone book to find universities ends up at the university of the pacific and uh, it's lunchtime in california so nobody normally would be manning the phones on in this small little university or whatever but in this case uh, assistant coach tony markopoulos i believe is how you pronounce it was there to take his call uh, and Pacific coach Bob Thompson, uh, his famous quote about the situ- situation later uh, was that uh, you always have to ask somebody manning the phones because you never know when a seven footer might call. And in this case, they did. And they said, well, we don't really have any uh, scholarships for you, but you can come play if you want. And Olo Candy says, well, my family's kind of wealthy, so I can pay my way if you'll let me come. And they said, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, seven footer, you'll pay your way to come to school. Sure. Let's give it a try. And uh, Olo Candy called. And it's the best call he ever made. It's the best call that Pacific ever took. Uh, He played sparingly his sophomore and junior year as they're pretty much just trying to teach this guy how to play basketball. Uh, And then they unleash him uh, on the NCAA, and he delivers big uh, in his his junior year uh, with averages of 22.2 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game. And uh, comes in the league. He's a very intriguing prospect, considered at worst the number one or the number two overall pick by pretty much everybody. It was pretty much either him or Mike Bibby. Uh, as people were, were talking about him. And while there were questions about his game, people were wowed by the size uh, and the strength. Uh, he answered the league with NBA-ready body and won without many miles on it, too, which was a big thing that's like, okay, a lot of big men have been playing basketball their entire lives, you know, so so they're bound to have foot injuries. They're bound to have leg injuries. This guy just started playing, you know, a couple years ago. So he's got a lot more miles left in the tank, presumably. And he's had a pre-draft workout. Uh, fellow NBA player at that time, Andrew Lang, I think he had a, maybe one or two more years left in the league, says he's got some of the quickest feet I've ever seen, and he learns in a hurry. And with that body, he's going to be an all-star for a long, long time. Uh, no, he was not. So, not so no. <laughs> he was not so much. Uh, yeah. They drafted him number one overall, and he never lived up to expectations. I don't think I would call him a bust necessarily. He was, he was never that good, but he did play nine years in the NBA, played 500 games. 
you know, it, it does beg the question because his career had been a little different if he wasn't drafted by, you know, the Clippers. And, uh, you know, they didn't have exactly have a great run in developing prospects. Could his career have been different if he wasn't drafted during the NBA lockout as well? Because he gets drafted and then basically they say, okay, you can't come to team facilities and we can't talk to you until this thing's done. So he gets drafted and then basically has, you know, six months to kind of, you know, mess around and just do whatever. And not necessarily that he got like out of shape or whatever, but that, that maybe hurt as well for a guy that just didn't play uh, that much NBA basketball. But uh, yeah, you know, he played in exactly 500 games, spent a decade in the NBA spread out against three teams. Uh, his most productive years came when he was drafted as he averaged 9.9 points, eight point uh, re- eight rebounds per game on his five years in uh, Los Angeles. They, um, of course, you know, the Clippers famously drafted or they drafted Olo Candy. Then they hired Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be a bit of the Olo Candy whisperer and uh, see if, you know, they could get into his head and train him to be great. Yeah. Uh, it did not last long. Uh, Kareem would later say talented but uncoachable <laughs> about uh, uh, Olo Candy. Uh, played for the Timberwolves and the Celtics. Ended his career in 2007. Had one good year that actually got him paid pretty well. Uh, stunningly received point zero zero three points in the uh, All-NBA team voting shares in, in, in 20, uh, oh, 2002. Wow. So I don't know who that yeah. was. Down ballot <laughs> vote for Michael Olakandy there. Uh, and then uh, scored uh, at uh, his career high 30 points and perhaps his all-time best game at March 8th, 2002. 30 points, 16 rebounds, and a Clippers 94-90 win. Jason, over my Chicago Bulls, and you want a better thing? I was there. I saw you the Olakandy game. I was there for this. My friend wow. has a sign uh, post, uh, a poster signed by Olawa Candy as well. I have asked him to find it. I've texted him. Uh, oh. I will let you know if I hear back. I am guessing it did not make it through uh, the le- next, like, what, 20 years or whatever, 2002? Yeah, I don't I don't right. think it lasted in, you know, his parents' garage for the next years. But I forget what the sign was. It was something about the Bulls, and then we were just, like, waiting by the tunnel, and then Olawa Candy came by and signed it. And we're like, oh, all right, great. Nice. But then yeah. he was great. He had a great game, man. 30, yeah, 30 that's, a, that's a hell of a game. Yeah. Hell of a game wow. for him. Yeah. Uh, had a career high 20 rebounds, which he did uh, three times as well. Um, did it uh, December 8th, 1999, December 29, 2001, and November 3rd, 2022. Uh, and this is funny. Uh, never once made a three-pointer, not a one, not a single one. But to be fair, he never took one either, not yeah. even a full-court heave, never, never just like, oh, crap, yeah. the shot clock's done. Never took a three-pointer in his entire career. Never made one, never took one. Never missed a three-pointer. Yeah, exactly. But, never missed a three-pointer. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't miss the shots that you don't take. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what he wrote on his <laughs> his bulletin board, which maybe spoke to a little bit more of uh, his uh, outlook on life and and, and the NBA. But uh, that right. is Michael Olawa Candy. So then we go a couple more years here uh, to uh, well, 2002. Well, one one thing I want to point out yeah. about Olawa Candy. Um, so yeah, it, you know, you talk about worst uh, draft picks ever. So I will say, um, ma- making a strong case in terms of the worst draft pick ever. So he, um, over his career has negative 8.5 value over replacement. Uh, the second worst is negative 1.4 with LaRue Martin and, you know, um, Kwame Brown and Anthony Bennett are right there. Um, so yeah, that, that's like the difference between, uh, the, the difference between Michael Candy and LaRue Martin is like the difference between LaRue Martin and um, Austin Carr in terms of career. So that, that's like a, yeah. a, if you uh, you think of like the difference between um, Michael Candy and LaRue Martin as like a whole Austin Carr better, if that makes um, any level of sense, which it yeah. probably doesn't. But, no, but yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, that, and, that's, and, right. that's a bad name to 
to bring right. up. Right. Yeah. Well, which, yeah, I, I think like it's mostly because like the longevity. And I, I think like he started off horribly. And then, as you mentioned, did get a bit better. I mean, never got good, but became sort of like okay. Yeah. Like, he had that, that one year where it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he got paid a lot. I mean, in free agency, yeah. people were like, oh, God, he figured it out. We got to pay him. Right. You know, we got to do this. Yeah. And, and, you know, he opted to resign with the Clippers. But like the Spurs had talked about getting him. A lot of big time teams were like, no, dude, with this, now he's figured it out. He's got it. Let's go. And then, you know, of course, he got that money. And then it was just like, oh, he's the same guy. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. If he'd have been drafted like fifth, I don't think anyone would have ever right. like, oh, yeah, thought about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's been like, oh, yeah, whatever happens, you know, so. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, now we go on to the new guy, uh, Yao Ming here, 2002, uh, home country of China, drafted by the Houston Rockets. Career stats, 19 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, uh, 486 games, less games than Michael Wakandi, actually, believe it or not. Yeah, right. uh, 23 PR, five-time All-NBA in uh, seven seasons, uh, known, of course, for being the first Chinese star in the NBA, uh, being seven foot six. The Yao Yo commercials is how I always sure. remember Yao Ming. Sure. Uh, yeah. Forget what credit card company it was, but insert credit card company here. They can uh, they can sponsor us, I guess, if they need it. Uh, yeah, they so, yeah, right. Uh, that would be great, by the way, if they sponsored us. So insert uh, insert credit card company here. I'll do that later in post when they when they well I'll send them this episode and say here's a good opportunity sure. for you guys hey, to, to yeah absolutely you know, get hone in on your 2002 ad campaign about Yao Ming. <laughs> you could do yeah. it here yeah. uh, again. Uh, did he meet expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Outside of the career yeah. longevity, outside of you know only playing. 486 games he absolutely 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 met expectations and uh, uh earned all-star honors in each of his eight seasons he played uh became you know, obviously a staple in houston spent his entire career there retired in 2011 after injuries began to plague the back end of his career uh, and he was inducted into the hall of fame uh in uh, 2016 so now some fun facts and i'm using fun in quotes that uh just kind of give you an idea that what was going on at the time and the turmoil going on w- with him coming in the league is that he was originally slated to be in the 1999 NBA draft. So the deputy GM of the Shanghai Sharks basically forced him to enter the draft and made him sign an agreement that he would be his agent and he would get 33% of all of Yao's earnings. Uh, needless to say, somebody said, that eh, doesn't seem totally fair. And Yao got out of that, didn't have to join the draft in 1999 when he was definitely not ready. Uh, and this agent uh, did not was not able to sign a deal where he got 33% of his earnings. Uh, on the other hand, though, somebody else got a lot of his earnings. Another fun fact in quotes here is that when he entered the draft in 2002, the Chinese government at the at the time that this was happening, because uh, Wang Zhuzhu was also in the league, and they were saying, "Holy crap, we're starting to get some players in this NBA thing. We got to figure out something. You know, we got to figure out a system here." So they set forth uh, this this kind of bylaw that anybody that was going to be a Chinese NBA player would have to turn over half of their NBA earnings to the government as well as the Chinese Basketball Association as well. So. Uh, that happened uh, with, with Yao. It happened with uh, uh, you know eventually with Wang Zhuzhu as well. And speaking of him, uh, another not that fun fact. <laughs> then we're getting to fun facts. I promise. Uh, uh, Wang Zhuzhu uh, was of the Mavericks at that time. Uh, the Chinese national team was like, "All right, you can come back and play with us." And he was like, "Nope, I'm not coming back. I'm out. I'm never coming back to China." Uh, so then the team signed a thing that Yao was forced to play with the Chinese national team after. Uh, he, he got drafted by the NBA and then also stipulated that uh, they wanted him to go to the Houston Rockets due to the large Chinese population, the idea that they were going to be able to market him a little bit better in Houston, uh, and stipulated that he would not go to the U.S. unless the Houston Rockets drafted him first overall. They didn't want a, a third overall pick on whichever team. They wanted Yao Ming 
number one overall pick, Houston Rockets, so that they would, said he would not be able to go unless that was the case. Well, of course, he did become that. Houston picks him number one. First overall, becomes the first international player to be selected uh, number one overall without ever playing U.S. college basketball uh, as well. Uh, Charles Barkley, when he got drafted, famously said he would kiss Kenny Smith's ass if Yao Ming scored more than 19 points in one of his games as a rookie. And then on November 17th, not that long into his career, he scored 20 points in a game. Uh, and to take a page out of very late era world championship wrestling, I know, Jason, you'll get this. Yeah, and 1% oh, sure. of the people listening to this will get this. Uh, yeah. Kenny Smith, instead of actually making uh, uh, Charles Barkley kick, kiss his ass, uh, made him kiss his ass by bringing in a donkey into the studio. And Charles Barkley then kissed the donkey. So Probably, probably better result for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's yeah. Dusty Rhodes and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, the, the Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, so, yeah. yeah, right. Yep. So yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah, would score 19 plus 16 times that season. So that's a lot of ass kissing for uh, Charles Barkley, including a season high 30 points against the Mavericks in November 1st, uh, uh, 21st, uh, 2002. But he finished only second in rookie of the year behind Amari Stoudemire, who had a great, great rookie year. So no, no slouch uh, to sure. Yao Ming there, but Amari Stoudemire had a great year. And, and Yao, obviously extremely healthy his first three years in the league, kept improving. The Rockets got good, too. They made the playoffs in both 2004-2005. They, you know, they, they signed Trace McGrady. It felt like, oh, my God, here we go. And you know, Yao finishes the 2005 season with averages of 18.3 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per game. Feels like it's like, man, we, we, this, is, this is working out. This is great. Uh, of course, then he just couldn't stay healthy. His feet abandoned him. His back abandoned him. And his body just, you know, just did not work out very well. Uh, he did, though, in 2007, average a career high 25 points per game. I was so good, uh, but only played 48 games and then missed all the 2010 season. Plays only five games in 2011 before finally calling it quits and saying, yeah, I'm done here. Uh, he then got an, a degree in economics after his playing career, graduating in 2018. And this is probably the most famous fun fact about Yao Ming. People know that about this, you know, know this about him right now. Uh, in 2016, he opened a winery called Yao Family wines in napa valley and uh it is uh you know american wine critic robert m parker jr of the wine advocate gives gave yao's wine rankings of 96 points wow i'm and says quote i'm aware of all the arguments that major celebrities lending their names to wines is a generally uh, a generally a formula for mediocrity but the two cabernets are actually brilliant and the reserve bottling ranks alongside just about anything made in napa look at that wow. high there praise for yao family wines I uh, I did not know about the Yao family. Wines. I didn't I either, and I've been to Napa Valley. I, yeah. I should have I should have changed right. my plan when I went there. Yeah, yeah. Next time, drinking yeah, this other move, crap from these random the Italian people. I mean, yeah. What am I doing with these random Italian yeah. people? We're going to Yao family. I, we'll make it part of the over and back road trip. Yes, yes. When we go to uh, yeah. what's his uh, what's his name's. Uh... What? We go to the bed and breakfast. Yeah, who who is that? That was yes, like... uh, it's. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking Dick Stockton. I know it's not Dick Stockton, <laughs> not, and I don't want to uh, hang out with Dick Stockton. Dick Mata. That's, Dick, Mata. Dick Mata. That's right. Yes, why, right. Why, why I keep saying Dick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I'll hang out with Dick Stockton too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just avoid golf talk. That's all. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So, um, do you know how many uh, NBA players were born in China? How many uh, in history? I'm going to say, I don't think it's very long. I'm going to say seven. You are correct. Wow, that is exactly right. right. So don't now, na- don't ask me to name all of them. Wing Zhu Zhu, Yao Ming, uh, crap. What was the one, guys? Man, he played on the, uh, hmm. I don't know how I got it. You know, the, I'll be honest. If I'm shot in the dark, yeah. don't give me, don't yeah. give me too much. Oh, yeah. Yang Zhiji. Yeah, I know Yang Zhiji. Uh, yeah. God, there was the one guy who played on the Rockets, too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Jeremy okay. Lin, obviously, of course. Oh, well, J- Jeremy Lin wasn't born in China. Oh, he wasn't. Okay, he's, right, he's, right, right. He's Chinese. Yeah, he's obviously Chinese American. He was, he was not born in, in China. So yeah, the the seven. So 
one is is uh tom Macheri, who oh um, right <laughs> yeah I, never, I always forget right. yeah yeah obviously would not to and then there's a uh, menke patir wang jiji sun yu played one game um and then yao and uh yi jinlan and uh zhao kui who That's played the guy. yeah he's two the rockets games. guy okay yeah, two plays yeah. for the rockets okay yeah. i had not uh i had not heard of him so yeah nah he was like yeah played, played 19 games for the uh in the nba for two seasons ending in 2019 so been a while since we had a chinese uh, yeah and that was a good run for a while i mean if people don't yeah. remember i mean like wing wing jiji was, was was good yao was good yeah uh, and 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 yi was was solid too he, he was like a, a good prospect yeah yes so like, now, but, if he came into the NBA now, like because that guy was seven foot and really good at outside shots, yeah. But it was you know the mid 2010s or whatever, the early 2010s, yeah. and they were like, "Get down there, you're seven foot. It wasn't what are you four, doing?" Yeah, like, yeah. and he's yeah. like, "No, I'm good at threes. Like, let me yeah. take threes. And that was kind of the same way too. Like he was really good at an outside shot, but like obviously at that time it was like get in there and bang with Shaq, and it's like, right. or I could just be out here and shoot three. And they're like, no, 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 that's not going to work. Get out there. So yeah, yeah he. It, it, it's funny how a lot of those guys I think would have a very different. Uh, uh, career these days. Oh, Wang Zhuzhu though, he he was a banger down low if I remember correctly, and yeah, uh, and yeah. Megan Batir uh, was was as well. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it felt like that was like, oh no, the Chinese invasion here they are, and then yeah, it's been right. kind of a slow, you know, yeah. uh, since then. So we'll see if mm-hmm. anybody uh, new comes up soon. Support for Over and Back is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 8 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code over back at manscaped.com again that's 20 percent off plus free shipping worldwide with the code Overback at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 16 million balls who trust Manscaped. And this, you know, Performance Package 4.0 is a game changer. Inside this package, you will find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First of all, that Lawnmower 4.0, the future of grooming. Dare we say the greatest ball trimmer Ever. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 4,000K LED spotlight that is just going to give you that much more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor as well. You thought... That was good, but you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level. Well, don't worry, because the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. This is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls well, thank you. Manscaped is even going to throw in again two free gifts in that performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. You can bring your comfort and your boxers to another level. So it's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with that code OVERBACK. Again, that's 20% off free shipping with the code OVERBACK at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure you use that promo code OVERBACK to get 20% off plus free shipping. 
code over back one more time. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank them, of course, for sponsoring this show. All right, back to it. But uh, one sure. more for me here. Andrew right. Bogut, 2005, drafted out of Australia by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, career stats, 9.6 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 706 games, uh, 16.4 PR. One-time All-NBA uh, f- uh, uh, team and then one ring with the 2015 Warriors, of course. Uh, obviously a much, much better player, but interesting at the, you know, per-game stats between him and Olo Candy. Not that much different. Olo Candy's 8.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game. Andrew Bogan is 9.6 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game. So it's like, and he played 200 more games, and obviously he, you know, had you know better overall years. But it is kind of funny that you know over uh, uh, overall uh, they're they're not that much different. And known best for well, I guess. His tweeting these days, which he does very prolifically yeah. uh, and weirdly and, and bad. And uh, there you go. That's probably how he's known to a, a, a generation. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, a lot of, meet lots expect- of Pizzagate going on. He loves there, yeah. the Pizzagate. Yeah, loves yeah, the Pizzagate. Right. Uh, yeah. More solid than spectacular, I'd say, in terms of did he meet expectations. He was an important piece of the early Warriors dynasty. He was solid with the Bucks, but never like – like he would have been had his career not. I think the last half of his career kind of just fell completely off, where he was just like right. a dude on rosters. It, yeah, he had that hand injury too. Like that that changed kind of the the trajectory of his career. He was like more of a star before that, and then was more of a role player after. Exactly. Yeah, he fell yeah. down and his like entire wrist just yeah, it's a bad injury. Yeah. I don't want right. to look at it at all uh, ever again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so because like when he was on the Bucks, like I remember going to some of those games, and it was like yeah, this dude's got it. And then there was a year where it felt like he was going to become a thing, and then obviously that wrist injury happened, to that hand injury, and then it was like okay, yeah, this guy's. And then he just kind of became a role guy, and, and a decent role guy for a, a, a bunch of years. But uh, yeah, did he meet expectations? I don't know. I'd put him probably on the. Maybe no, but he's right on that line there. Right, sure. right, right on the line. I could, I right. could be swayed uh, one way or another. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, quickly, though, first Australian player drafted first overall. Uh, obviously, was in 700 uh, uh, games, started over 600 of them. Uh, led the league in blocks in 2011, helped the Warriors win their first title uh, of what would become the dynasty, obviously, in 2015. Uh, pretty much known for, we talked about with Yao Ming, where it was like, oh, here, here it comes. Here's all the Chinese players. And that didn't actually happen. But with Bogut, it did actually unlock the Australian NBA connection. Uh, and they credit him with revitalizing Australia's NBL as well, because then players were like, oh, hold on a minute. I can make it to the NBA. I can make it to the highest of highs. Uh, and NBL is now thriving. And, and the Australian right. NBA connection is thriving, too. There's a lot of Australian players uh, in, in the NBA these days. And they do well internationally. Like they, They're a great international team uh, as well. And, and of the guys in his draft class, only Chris Paul, Lou Williams, CJ Miles, and Marvin Williams have longer careers in the NBA than Bogut, uh, who lasted 14 years in the NBA. Now, Joe, uh, Joe, Jason. <laughs> yes. A brief fun fact for you. All right. Hit me. Did you know that Marvin Williams, as you, the, the resident Atlanta Hawks fan, super sure. Fan, did you know that Marvin Williams is number two among 2015 draftees in total points scored in the NBA? I did not know that, but wow, how fantastic. Vindication for all of you that were like, oh, yeah. Marvin Williams, come on. come on. That's a terrible right. pick. Not right. true. No. Now, it's with good. that said, I, I do. I, are you done celebrating? Because i got to knock you down a peg here. Oh, okay. Uh, he has 11,626 uh, 11, points behind number one, Chris Paul. Uh, so he did score 11,000 less points than Chris Paul did. But – yeah, he can still catch number up. two. Still he can come out of retirement and catch up. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> right, yeah. if Chris. Is, uh, yeah, right. Like it's right. you know. Yeah, Chris, Chris's career is winding down. <laughs> Marvin. Yeah, if he just averages fifty points a game for like three seasons, <laughs> right. he'll be done. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, As, he's perfect for today's NBA. 
So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's not in today's NBA. Well, he, you know, maybe he'll come back. It's yeah, it, right. Exactly. We, we yeah. don't know that. It, it, the, the time know. is we, ripe. The yeah. time is ripe for him to finally yeah. turn the worm yeah. and the narrative against him and Chris Paul. He's only been out of the league for three years. I'm yeah. Because sure. uh, yeah. like, yeah. as Chris Paul's trajectory is going down now. Right. It's, it's, yeah, from, exactly. it's Marvin time, baby. So well, It is Marvin time. Yeah, yeah. He's just been waiting. Waiting in the weeds. So. <laughs> right. Yes. We're not counting a big three numbers do not count in this case. So I don't know. I don't know if he's in the big three. He seems like a guy that would be in the big three, but uh, right. I don't know if he is or not. But uh, okay. those those points scored do not count towards that, the NBA well, total. So this point we should be yeah, look at that maybe now. Yeah. Uh, only David Lee and Marcin Gortat have more career rebounds in in in, in the draft class of Bogut. Uh, but he has top 10 in the draft class in both box score plus minus and value over replacement player. And it can be argued that he is one of the keys to the Warriors dynasty. And this is this is a big key here because the Warriors traded Monta Ellis as well as Kwame Brown and FK Udo, uh, Udo uh, to the Bucks for Bogut and Steven Jackson. And that essentially was we don't need Monta Ellis anymore. We're going to give runway to Steph Curry. We're going to play right. him more minutes. He's going to get more shots. And the law jam at the position was removed. And Steph Curry was unlaunched on the world. So thank you, Andrew Bogut. The the, the real reason the, the, the dynasty happened is because Andrew Bogut got traded for Monta Ellis. So um, there you go. Uh, made $118 million in his career and is also a conspiracy nut job who believes in Pizzagate and all, has all sort of dumb COVID thoughts still to this day. Uh, his right. profile uh, says, at uh, Instagram throttles this account. Follow me on at Twitter. Same username. So ah, Okay. Yes. No there. problem. There's no throttling problem throttling his throttling on, on Instagram. Yeah. So luckily... Right. He's on Twitter where they don't throttle any accounts except for every account because sure. it's not working anymore. <laughs> so, um, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marvin Williams does not appear to be part of the Big Three, at least not currently. Maybe okay, he, okay, maybe, okay. Maybe spend some time there. So Joe Johnson's still still going, though, strong in the Big Three. So it's uh, going to get to be the uh, Big Three uh, Hall of Famer probably based on that. So, yes. So uh, speaking of, well, not Hall of Famers, but speaking of, uh, I don't know, the next player we're going to talk about, Andrea Bargnani, 2006, was drafted by the Toronto Raptors from Italy. Uh, career stats, 14.3 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 550 games, 14.4 PER. Probably known best for, yeah, there, there was the trade that sent him to the Knicks, which was considered an absolute fleecing at the time. And though retrospect, I don't know if it was quite that much of a disaster, but basically was traded by the Raptors to the Knicks for Marcus Camby, Steve Novak, um, a two second round picks and a 2016 first round pick that ended up being Jacoperto, which, uh, you know, that means, yeah, that's not as bad. Player. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, it, at the time it felt like worse. It was, all those more, draft it was picks. more process than result, I yeah, guess. But, yeah. but yes, it, it, um, it was it more, up, why are you trading all of these players for Barnier? Right. Like, you don't yeah. probably need to do that. Yeah. So, um, and did he meet expectations? I would say no. But uh, there no. was a, yeah, but there was a time like around 2011, 2012, he looked like he might figure it out. He averaged like 20.8 points per game on 53% true shooting, 5.3 rebounds, 16.9 PER. Not like big star numbers, but definitely solid, you know, borderline all-star type level. Like he kind of looked like he might become a guy, and then he just fell off the next year and never regained um, that form. But uh, some fun facts, he was 12th in win shares in his draft class. The Marcus Aldridge is number one. Kyle Lowry is number two. He is the fourth Italian-born player um, in uh, NBA uh, history, uh, the first was Hank Biazzotti, and then uh, Stefano Rosconi, and then um, Vincenzo Esposito. And since then, we've had Marco Belvedelli, Danilo Gallinari, Reggie Jackson, born in Italy, which I did not know, hmm. uh, Gigi Datome, Niccolo Melli, uh, Nico Mannion, and uh, Simone 
Fonchecchio. I don't know who that is, but um, but he's got a great name. So uh, I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure that lots of fans of his are going to be upset. But he plays in the league. At least he played in the league last year. So um, yeah, even though um, Barnani seen as a bust, he he played for the Raptors long enough to show up on some of their franchise leaderboards. He's eighth in their franchise history minutes played, eighth in rebounds, sixth in points, sixth in blocks, ninth in fouls. So um, <laughs> you know, just definitely had some some longevity at least in terms of the franchise history um but kind of weirdly after his next stint you know, he played very briefly with the nets and then went overseas to spain and i could not find anything about him since 2017 you have no idea what he yeah. is up to now um you know just for somebody who is a uh, rather noteworthy just uh, not uh, anything about him is, is sort of strange it seems to me I guess good for him. I, that, that's that's yeah, a good way to right. live life. Where yeah, nobody knows what you're doing. And, like, you know, we can sort of achieve that, like, in our lives, I yeah, guess, sort of. Right. But, like, the fact that, yeah, number one overall pick and, and, and a big star in Italian basketball, uh, a, you know, a relatively well-known person in American basketball has just disappeared yeah. off the face of the right. earth. Presumably yeah. still alive, but just kind hopefully, of hanging. Hey, hopefully he's living a good life. Yeah, just hanging. Yeah, Probably in some yeah. beautiful Italian villa, just kind of yeah. chilling. Yeah. Just doing what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, next, we very briefly got Kyrie Irving, 2011, drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, his home country is Australia. He actually really co- relocated to the U.S. at age two. He holds dual citizenship. Career stats, uh, 23.4 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 22.4 PER, uh, 671 games. He's a three-time All-NBA, eight-time All-Star, and has a championship ring. Uh, known best for, yeah, well, some problematic of politics. I don't know what it is with the Australians, but they've got, uh, yeah, what's going on? What's going on with the things going on there? there. No, no offense to Australia. Yeah, yeah, no, you guys are cool, but yeah, yeah, you guys are great. Just, you know, just a couple, couple things. So, uh, did he meet expectations? Yes, but he loved to try to subvert. He's really trying not to. Every year he tries not to, yeah, hard to ruin his legacy. He's so good. Just be good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can be you, you can be like weird in a fun way. Just don't be weird in like a toxic way. I guess I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, you you, you guys know about Kyrie. We don't really yeah, say anything more yet. about Kyrie. So next we got Anthony Bennett, also drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2013. The Cavs just kept getting number one picks, and they did, uh, yeah. yeah. His home country was Canada. His career stats: four point four points per game, three point one rebounds, ten point two per. 151 games known for probably being the worst NBA, number one pick in NBA history. Probably pretty much between him and Ola Candy. And uh, you could also argue LaRue Martin. Those yeah, are kind of the, the, yeah. the three Le- common, Le- like, worst, worst, you know. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that that they are a little ahead of, like, the Purvis Ellisons of the world and that sort of stuff. Like, right. Yeah, it, it, I, I think that that's probably the list there. LaRue Martin, um, uh, Anthony Bennett, Ola Candy is probably the list. Yeah, if you don't put Greg Oden on that, but Greg Oden was no, all about no, it. was like injuries. No. Like, that was, yeah, I mean, exactly. like, he was productive when he played, you know. Um, and like Joe Barry Carroll, who ended up having a, you like, know, a, a long yeah, like, career. Like, like a yeah. fine career, yeah. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I don't think any of those guys are really in that discussion. No, I, I agree. He, he's got to yeah. be. And, and these but, numbers are, uh, if, look for a barf bag because <laughs> yes. some so, pretty yeah. bad numbers are coming up here. So, if, uh, if, <laughs> if you have a sensitive stomach, you might want to step away. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, warn, I'll let you know when you come back. Yeah. So, come. Compared to all the number one overall packs, picks since 1965, which was the end of the territorial pick era, 
He is last in box or plus minus at negative 4.0. Mm. PR at 10.2. Points per game at 4.4. Assists per game at 0.5. Minutes played, 1905, which actually includes Greg Oden and the number one pick from 2023, <laughs> Paulo Benchero. So, yeah, the idea um, that the guy drafted last year is, right, is more out of, the league, out of the league faster than anybody else in terms of minutes played. Yeah. And field goal percentage, 39.2. So, no. Um, he's ranked 39th in win shares for his draft class. Giannis is number one. Rubio Gobert is number two. Uh, he was part of the trade along with fellow Canadian number one pick Andrew Wiggins that sent Kevin Love to Cleveland. Played for four teams, so Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, and Brooklyn. Also had contracts with Phoenix in 2017 and Houston in 2019, but never played for those teams. He's played in the G League, Turkey, Israel, Puerto Rico, and, tw- and Taiwan since 2017. He's only 30 years old. Um, and 2017, or he's... Uh, Playing in Taiwan now, looking like he's smashing the Taiwan League. He looks uh, like he's uh, having fun there. He's uh, destroying those guys. Yeah, I think um, uh, Dwight Howard played in that same league for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. So. I would love to do that, man. I, I, yeah. I'd forego the NBA and just go there and just yeah. <laughs> score yeah. 30 a game and be like, this I is love, great. Yeah, yeah I, I love, I love <laughs> averaging 40-20. It's fun, yeah. <laughs> right. That's um, fun as yeah. hell, yeah. Now, in fairness to Bennett, like the 2013 lottery did not work out no. well particularly for anyone. So. We got Anthony Bennett first. We got Oladipo second to Orlando, which, you know, injuries. But I mean, he, was, he was fine, but um, definitely fell short of expectations. Otto Porter Jr., who became, like, a good, like, role player later. Just Cody the guy. Zeller, yeah, yeah, just the dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cody Zeller was fourth. Alex Len was fifth. New Orleans Dowell was sixth. Um, ben Ben McLemore was seventh. Catavius uh, uh, <laughs> Cotto Pope was eighth. He probably uh, met expectations. You know, Trey Burke was ninth. C.G. McCollum was tenth. He was He was good. Michael Carter Williams was 11. Stephen Adams was 12. So he ended up, of course, okay. Kelly Oliniak was 13th. Um, Shabazz Muhammad was 14th. So, uh, you know, a couple solid guys in there, but definitely not a uh, a stout uh, draft class. You, you got us at 15th. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but now, yeah, now we got a guy. Picks. But, yeah, the rest yeah. of these dudes are just, you know, CJ McCollum probably the best of that, of that pack there in terms of, like, yeah. Reaching, you know, semi-star level, other than Giannis, of course. But yeah, the rest of those guys either just solid rotation dudes or guys that were just out of the league like pretty quickly, or or or, or guys that are hanging around in the peripheries of the league now. Uh, you know, still still kind of kicking. I guess Stephen Adams obviously had a good career. Michael yeah. Carter Williams was was rookie of the year, but it was kind of a sham rookie of the year. It was, right, right. It was on I the mean, uh, the the process Sixers, and they were like, "Well, someone's got to score, so it's you. Yeah, go out there, yeah, yeah help yeah. us lose as many games as possible, sir." And then, right. yeah. you know, every other year after that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't as good for him. So sure. All right, so wrapping up, and we're talking about guys who are obviously still active in the league. So right, lots, we don't need to go through the history of, of these guys because right, you know but, them because you're watching them, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, got Andrew Wiggins, uh, who's drafted by the Cavs in 2014. His home country is, is Canada. Um, 19.1 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, 14.8 PER, one all-star, one ring, known best for. I don't know, what is Andrew Wiggins known best for? That is... Uh, yeah, at this point, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah. like, kind of... Adding like, another half of his career with the Warriors there, yeah. and, and I guess I guess we'll see how this Warriors thing ends. Like right. you know, it, it, maybe he'll take on a bigger role as, as some of the other guys are starting to pull back a little bit, but probably not. I don't know what he's known for. Yeah, in twenty years, I don't know what we'll we'll know Andrew Wiggins for other than like. I'm, I mean, there was Maple Jordan nickname, which is a good nickname, but he's <laughs> nowhere near that good yeah, of a player. No. So um, I would say no. Yeah. He did not live up to that nickname. No, I don't know. No. Yeah, that's a great question. What is Andrew Wiggins known for? I, I don't know. Right. And and did he meet expectations is another one. It's like, well, like he he had good like box score numbers, like good, like, you know, he scored a lot, but there was kind of like empty calories. But like now his stint with the Warriors, he's become more a complete player and part of a championship team. And you know, the, the rebounding is really important to them. So um 
yeah, it's kind of weird. He also made an all-star game, but it was kind of a weird, like, just kind of like a stuffing the votes. But he yeah. is like, a pretty good player. So, yeah, I don't know. It was um, one of those weird ones. They're like, congratulations. Everybody knows this is sham. And he's like, oh, yeah. man. All right. like, you do. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he did, too. But, it's yeah. one of those things where you're like, oh, no, I don't need to be a starter. I'm not an all-star yeah. starter, man. What's going on right. here? But going you know, on? Yes. it happened. It happens. All right, we got Ben Simmons uh, next. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers 2016, also from Australia. Yeah, what are you guys doing over here? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you all so right. weird? <laughs> right. 14.7 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 19.1 PBR, one-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defensive, and three-time All-Star. Known best for his problematic no, no, all shooting so. stats. No, not, not yet. No politics. <laughs> not yet. No, no politics. No problematic politics that we know about. Just yeah, is sort just of, um, can't shoot and is really weird. weird. Yeah, and, and it's been weird about like you know, you know, just being Playing like, basketball. yeah, I actually don't really want to play. That <laughs> Playing much, basketball, you know. yeah, he's yeah, he's an NBA player that doesn't yeah. really, yeah, and he, play he basketball started off that really much. good. He started off great. Like he's great. You know, like on court impact right away was really good. Like yeah, the shooting was always a little bit of a problem, but he was so great in every other area that it you know it. It didn't really matter, and then you know the playoff series against the Hawks happened, and uh, since then, yeah, you just had that chaotic ex Philly. Things have been weird in um, with Brooklyn, and you know um, who knows how that's going to hurt. I mean, he's still young enough, and still like to turn around and be like just kind of even if he like ends up kind of just being the player he was and doesn't even figure out the shooting, he he does so much else well that mm-hmm. like he can still be. He's never going to be like your big star, but he can still be like a important player on your team. But yeah, the, the, he has it's, to actually play. To yeah, for sure. Yeah, at one point he just got like he didn't want to go to the free throw line anymore, and he was a guy who like in his early career was like, yeah, I can't shoot threes, but I can drive and I can do all this sort of stuff. And if I get fouled, like I'm not a great free throw shooter, but like it's okay, you know, I'll hit sixty percent of my free throws, it'll be fine. And somewhere along the line, he didn't want to get fouled anymore, and it's like, okay, well, so you don't shoot, you don't want to get fouled, and right. you don't cut. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. really hard right. to uh, okay. hard to figure yeah. out what to do. And you're a great, you know, a good defender and a very good passer, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty hard though. You got to be able to, you have to, you shoot or drive or do something. But then right. now we're right. now it's play. Now it's like just play. How about you try playing? And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. very very strange. Yeah, he'll he'll be known for a very odd career uh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that uh, goes. Maybe it's one around. You never know. And last, we got DeAndre Ayton, 2018, drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, his own country's Bahamas. Uh, his career stats: 16.7 points per game, uh, 10.4 rebounds, 20.5 PR. Probably known best for always being on the trading block, I think, at this point. Although it looks like he's not going to be traded. Uh, looks like they're <laughs> going to really need him because they don't really have anyone else to do big guy stuff. No. So probably pretty important here. Did he meet expectations? It's kind of like a too soon to tell, but he was a key player on a finals team at a young age, and you know they're probably going to be a you know championship contender for at least a little while. So he'll he'll have a big role in that. So um, he if he does well max, there, it certainly he got does. Paid max money too. It's like you know yeah, I, I know the yeah. league you know and, and and the contracts are kind of weird, but I, I'd say if you're you know you drafted number one overall pick and you end up paying that guy max money right. to stay on your team like i mean yeah other than trey other than certainly Doncic and, and arguably trey young who's better in that draft class than he has been I right mean, that's so that's probably uh that's a good sign yeah um you know yeah i mean he's average double double in each of his five seasons and definitely could be uh you could be he'll be very important because he'll need to do the things that basically no one else is going to be doing for their team because everyone else is going to be shooting so if he's okay with just a uh, rebounding in defense and uh, you know putbacks, I think he'll be uh, he'll be totally fine. Yep. Unfortunately, it does not seem like he's okay with that, so that might be a problem. But we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what ends up happening with, uh, with DeAndre yeah. Ayton and the Phoenix. Maybe Suns. he and Ben Simmons can be traded for each other. We'll see. Great, love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Actually, I don't love that at all. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There you go. All right. 
Cool. All right. And Victor, uh, Victor, you know, you don't have to explain Victor, do you? Well, well yeah, you okay. I think Victor, yeah, we'll talk about Victor later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Victor just say, go to the Suns. We'll, uh, we'll see. Well, has he met expectations? Well, not yet. What's happening? Yeah, no, come yeah. on. I, I saw, I, I saw some footage from his practice and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. slow. Yeah, he didn't make every shot in his <laughs> intro video. So right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It could be a problem. Yeah, yeah. He's already, already not, they're already saying he's not going to play all of summer league. It's like, oh right, you know, man. Question starting. Question. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. You can, uh, of course, uh, you can find us at the step back. You can find us at over and back NBA.com. All of our old episodes on there. We're available on uh, social media platforms as Twitter, as long as it exists and Facebook at over and back NBA. We might be joining some new ones soon. Be on the lookout for that. And you can um, find us wherever podcasts are played. Just leave us a rating and review if you like what we're doing and we would appreciate it. So thanks again for listening. We're back again soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.